Yo, yo, check it out. Thank you so much for checking out the Wu-Tang Podcast. Before we get into this great episode with the number one Wu-Tang fan, Wu-Tang Rob, we just want to let you know to check out the Wu-Tang Podcast at wutangpodcast.com. Got a lot of great upgrades coming soon. Also, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Music, Podcast, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you rate, subscribe, comment, favorite, and share with your peoples. As always, the Wu-Tang Podcast is a Channel 10 Podcast production. Check us out at channel10podcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and show some love. This podcast is hosted by Singard Superior. His EP, Koros, K-O-R-O-U-S, is out now. Wherever you get your music from, Tidal, iTunes, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, we know anywhere. So show some love and support. It's also hosted by the almighty ARR Tick in the building. Check us out. SingardSuperior.com, TheAlmightyAR.com, 410MusicFactory.com. And um, I think that's all the plugs that we have. Just show us love and show us some support so we can keep bringing you this content. And with that, let's start the show. Peace. Yo, we're back once again. This is the Wu-Tang Podcast, which is a Channel 10 Podcast production. It's I, the almighty A-R-R, in the building, and I'm alongside... Singa Superior. And, um, you know, we have a very, very special guest in the building today. Uh, we have Wu-Tang Rob. Say what's up to the people. Yo, what's up, people? Wu-Tang Rob up in here. That's what's up, man. Um, and you know, you seem like a really interesting dude. Just seeing everything that you have going on on Twitter, um, you know, probably one of the biggest Wu Tang fans, um, in the world. So, um, I guess let's just take it back to the beginning. Um, you know, what was your introduction into the Wu Tang? Well, I have been a Wu Tang fan since day one. Um, it all started. I'm actually from Los Angeles, California. And um, I was a DJ, let's say back in the early 90s, um, just doing shows, mostly techno and house, but I had the love for hip hop. Growing up in LA, I had, uh, you know, grew up with a lot of the influences. Um, you know, I had Run DMC, I had Fat Boys, MC Light, um, I had all the old school, I had um, Houdini, um, you know, Egyptian Lover. And um, I had been rocking those since I was a kid, um, you know, with my boom box on my shoulder, just chilling. Um, and sometime in late 1992, um, my boy mailed me this cassette and it was a white cassette and it had a note saying, play this, this cassette will change your life. So I had an Escort at the time, a Ford Escort, little hoopy, a bucket, um, rolling around in that thing, um, dropped the tape in the cassette, listened to enter the 36 chambers and my life had never changed my life it changed from that day on mm. so basically i just played that tape played that tape listened to it and the sounds were so raw the the karate samples were just so crazy and just so different than everything that i grew up with that it just i totally just grasped me right there so you know a little bit later, I went to eject the cassette. Well, the cassette actually, my tape deck broke. 
mm. and that cassette actually got jammed into my Ford Escort. So basically, it was from then on just Wu Tang every day. Um, <laughs> what what I really love is just the way that they engage with their uh, fans. Like, I mean, I got the name Wu Tang Rob from Ghostface Killer. Oh wow! Um, huh. it, it was a. Uh, I was at a show. Um, I actually took my mom, and I said, "Mom, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take you to your first Wu Tang show." So we're in Las Vegas. I take her over to the Mandalay Bay, and uh, you know, before the show, I look over and I see Ghostface and Raekwon. And I walk up to Ghost and I say, you know, hey, what's up, Ghost? How you doing? Um, start talking to him a little bit. Um, start letting him know what kind of fan I am, you know, about all my stuff. And I had this Wu Tang ring on, and he said, wow, you know, I really like your bling. He goes, what's your name? I said, my name's Rob. How you guys doing? He goes, oh man, I really like that ring. So I actually took the ring off. Ghostface put it on, and started rocking it, and then handed it back to me and said, this ring is now blessed, and I am going to call you Wu Tang Rob. Wow. So ever wow. since that day, that's just what I've been known as Wu Tang Rob. Wow. But that's um, dope. I also have a real, real good. Uh, collection that I've been collecting. I got um, I got every cassette, every vinyl record. I got every variation. Um, a couple of my best ones. I do have a 1993 um, clear green promotional copy of Cream that was distributed, as I've heard from the RZA, to record sta- uh, record stations uh, to play the track. So I mean, I got some gems in my collection. Um, I got a lot of wax. I got all my cassettes. I'm basically 22 years. It's just Wu Tang every day, all day, for me. Wow, wow. Yeah. What was your first uh, Wu Tang show like? What was the first show that you went to? Uh, one of the first Wu Tang shows I went to was actually um, in Cali, um, and it was right before ODB passed. Rest in peace, ODB, of course. And um, that was just amazing. Um, you know, I've always made it to the very front. So I've always been right in the front, just loving the woo, loving every track. Um, and just, I basically went to every Wu-Tang show between Los Angeles and Las Vegas in the last 22 years. I have not missed one show. Hmm. Yeah. His dedication. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now I have uh, seven Wu Tang tattoos. One that actually got, well, I know you got. And we were up at a show and I saw you got. And he's like, What's up, my man? And I said, Look, I got this tattoo. And I showed him, if you Google it, Method Man tattoo, you'll see it. It's on Google still. Um, he saw the Method Man tattoo. I got a portrait of him on my leg. And, um, he he loved it he said you know what i'm gonna come back i'm gonna take you to the after show um we're gonna i'm gonna take you up we're gonna do the after party and we're gonna rock it wu-tang style so i'm gonna say that was one of my best nights of my life wow damn damn so uh and what year was that um that was probably i would say like maybe 2004 Mm -hmm. And um, what happened at that show was actually very amazing. Um, they let me, he told me to meet him to go to the foundation room at 1 a.m. So I go to the show, I'm chilling, um, show's over. I walk up to the elevator um, and I told the guy, hey, you know, I'm here to go up to the after party. And he just treated me like just some everyday person. I was like, oh, you know, I'm here to see you, God. He probably thought I was lying. Um, so. I, me and my buddy were there, and uh, the bouncer was real tough. He's just like, no, 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 step back, step back. We can't have you here. You know, where's your pass and all this? So very disappointed, I turn around, and I see you guy coming up. And right at that point, he's like, oh, yo, yo, they're with me. Mm-hmm. So I got to ride the elevator to the 15th floor with you guys um, through a little bit of rhymes. Um, you know, we just got in the cut for a minute. Um, took me up to the top, 
and that was the most amazing night of my Wu-Tang career. Um, I, the door opens up and I see on my right hand side I got Master Killer, um, I got Street Life on my left, I got Big uh, Capadonna, he was just chilling over at the bar uh, and you know I just walked up to Master Killer, started talking to him. Uh, he actually had a cream jacket that he was wearing mm. and he took that cream jacket off and actually handed it to me and we started getting into some into like a little rhyme battle with each other for fun. Um, then I started kidding around with him saying, oh, thanks for the jacket, thanks for the jacket. He's like, no, no, no. So, <laughs> you know, he, he took the jacket, put it back on, um, and then I walked over to Kappa. Started talking to him. Um, he was like looking at me because I was all geared up. I had my Method Man Red Man shoes. I had my Adidas uh, Method Man jacket. Um, I had my uh, Wu-Tang hat, my uh, Wu-Tang ring, you know, all my stuff was just all Wu-Tang. So he looked at me and he said, are you media? Or I said, no, I'm just, my name's Wu-Tang Rob and I'm the number one Wu-Tang fan. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh man, let's go in the back room. So we ended up going in the back room with Capadonna, chilling, uh, talking to him, rapping it out. Um, he had a DJ come back there and throw on some beats for us. and. I mean, we chilled for about an hour and a half back there, just talking about the history of Wu-Tang, talking about how 36 Chambers, um, how he wasn't on it because he was in jail for a false graffiti charge. Mm. Um, you know, just, I mean, just chopping it up. It was, it was awesome. Um, mm. So from there, I walked back out and uh, saw you got again. So I was looking for, you know, like RZA, I was looking for Method Man, the Jizza. Um, and he's like, you know, follow me. We're going to the after party inside the after party. So I was like, wow. I was just, all right, let's go, let's do this. So we go outside to this balcony and I see the Avid, the RZA, just kicking it right there, like larger than life. I saw Inspector Deck, um, Method Man, um, and I walked up to the Method Man, showed him my tattoo. We instantly hit it off. Um, you know, I saw everyone but Ghost that night. He was the only one that didn't play that show. Uh, damn. So you were literally like in Wu-Tang heaven. You went all the way to the 15th floor of a large building. <laughs> and you were just surrounded by a whole bunch of Wu-Tang members and killer bees. Oh, you got it. I had, I mean, everyone was there except for, like I said, Ghostface. It was be a most amazing night of my life. Um, I was there like four hours. You know, I chopped it up with uh, Inspector Deck, started throwing some rhymes with him. Of course, I have my Meth Man 421 shirt that I got signed by every member. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just amazing. That's dope. What was your, um, at what point did you decide to, to really start a collection? Um, well, I would say about Almost 20 years ago, mm -hmm. I just started picking up, like I said, I DJed for about 10 years, but mostly techno and house. But I could never, you know, I couldn't scratch and stuff like that. So I wasn't really a hip hop DJ. But I started building up a nice collection, you know, picking up some of the old stuff, like the original 36 Chambers. Um, I had the original Raekwon, only built for Cuban links. Of course, I picked up the Jizza, the Liquid Swords. Um, and then I just saw my collection building. And then from then, I just ended up everything I can get Wu-Tang, I just grabbed. Mm. Now, um, do you have it like uh, organized and um, like, you know, displayed or, or how do you do that? Um, well, I have everything basically, it, I call it my Wu-Tang closet. So mm -hmm. in that closet are all my valuables. I got all my vinyl, I got my cassettes, I got all the original Wu-Wear. Um, and I got a box that has every Wu-Tang signature except for ODB, mm -hmm. which was the only member I wasn't able to get their autograph. But I do have Young DB, so I'm kind of mm -hmm. taking the place on that one. But I got CD signed by Ghostface, signed by the Jizza. I got Inspector Deck. I got um, the DJ Mathematics, Allah. I got, um, you know, every member. I even got a Ghostface and Raekwon. 
Mm. And I know Raekwon's the hardest. He he doesn't really like to sign stuff. I've, I've found over the last 20 years of being a fan. Right. <laughs> he's like, you know, one of the kind of toughest members to, you know, he, he's just kind of tough to get to. But uh, when I met Ghost and he called me Wu-Tang Rob, he was with Raekwon. And at that time, he just said, hey, you know, come check this out. Come check this out. Your boy has a tattoo on his chest. So on my chest, I have cream. So cash rules everything around me. I have tattooed on my chest. Well, on the side of that, I have the Raekwon dagger. And when I showed um, Ghostface that, he's like, yo, come here, come here. This guy's got your stuff on his chest. So, you know, Raekwon kind of turned around, walked up to me saw the tattoos and signed my little flyer that I had and that's sitting in my box mm, that's dope yeah what um what a I guess out of the whole um collection of of Wu-Tang music um could you pinpoint one particular album that sits you the most oh man um like I was saying I have that very limited um, green vinyl which is a promotional copy of cream mm-hmm. um, and I've been researching that album for a long time I picked it up about 18 19 years ago mm-hmm. um, and that record I guess was recorded I've heard in Riz's basement mm-hmm. um, produced in Riz's basement up in Burbank in the late 90s um, and that's pretty much I would say my gem in my collection but um, I do have all rare and numbered vinyl. So I got, you know, I got about four different issues of the Enter the 36 Chambers. I got the clear um, European numbered copy. Um, I got a uh, Newberry Comics exclusive uh, white and black swirl. Um, I got some really great of uh, the Genius vinyl. Um, I got a blue and a red vinyl. I got the clear vinyl. Um, I mean, I got some real, real gems in my collection. And how do you get this stuff? Like, how do you come across some of the more rare pieces? Um, I mean, just, I use, you know, eBay. I've used Discogs. Um, and then just going into old school crates, going to record stores between Las Vegas and LA. Mm-hmm. Um, digging through crates, going to LA, going to Fat Beats, um, you know, different DJs, um, you know, have mailed me stuff. Um, just picking it up over the years and adding it to my collection. Mm. Mm. You ever thought about like opening up a, like a museum or an exhibition or something like that? Oh, I, I would love to do that. Mm. But I mean, that would be great because I do have some very rare vinyl. Um, I have some. I have a lot of them. You know, they're only produced 75 copies. They've only produced 100 copies. Mm. Um, so I got a lot of Wu Tang vinyl that people have probably not even seen. So, um, so as far as, as the Killer Bees, um, how 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 much of the like, Killer Bee stuff do you collect? I got everything Wu Tang family, everything. Uh-huh. So I mean, I got all the members, all their solo projects. Um, I got the Killer Army. Um, I got just everything Wu Tang fam. I even got, um, you know, when Street Life did his solo albums. Yeah. Yeah. And I have every single CD ever made by the Wu Tang and by the Wu Tang family. All right. So, um, all right. So, I just, all, right, all right. Like, so, uh, Wu, Wu Massacre. I, rem- I, I vaguely remember that they had like three different alternative covers, like kind of like comic book kind of covers. For, for like each and every individual member yeah i got that um Damn. but when they released it on vinyl um they actually did a compilation so the vinyl record i have has all three on the front oh uh-huh. but hmm. i did purchase the cds and i do have all three variation covers mm. Mm. Damn. so so then, all right. So then, like, since you know we're in the digital age, do you also collect the MP3s as well, alongside the physical copies? Um, well, no, not really. I- I'm old school, so I just like to have everything in my hand. I like the graphics on the C. I like the whole experience of the CD. 
You know, mm-hmm. I like the booklet. I like the way that they silk screen the inside of the CD. Um, you know, I I don't have really any MP3s. I mean, everything's just hard copies, CDs, wax, and cassette. Mm-hmm. But what I did get, which was actually amazing, is um, Geffen Records, Respect the Classics, just released um, a 20th anniversary of the Jizza the Genius Liquid Swords, which has yeah. a 3D cover and a red cassette. And I mean, it's not the rarest in my collection, but I'm definitely got to be one of my favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw you post that on Twitter. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, it's like um, I, I basically I like stare into the cassette and I feel like I'm in a duel of the Iron Mike. I just I, I sit in there, <laughs> I stare at that cassette cover, and I'm just like I feel like I should whip out my chains and just start battling people. <laughs> Um, now you said that you, um, you know, kind of went back and forth with some bars with some of the members. Um, now, do you um, do you uh, rap or do you like write anything? Um, well, not really. I just pretty much, you know, do Wu Tang. I had been since you know I told you about my roots with the old school, um, you know, like Run DMC, Fat Boys, um, MC Light, and all that stuff. I right. had been you know, doing freestyle raps, you know, I'd say just for fun over 20 years. So, you know, when I was just spitting it back with the Wu, um, I was just real confident and just, you know, it's like, it just freely came out of me, like just natural word. Mm, I was going to say like, that's, you know, there's a lot of established people who would love to have that opportunity, you know, like established artists. And, you know, it's just amazing that you got to just kick it and, and just, you know, spit some bars with them. So that's that, that's pretty dope, man. Congrats on that. <laughs> oh, thanks. They were actually very impressed with me. Another what I did actually is uh, me and my wife went out to um, Los Angeles and there was a uh, inspector deck and a mob deep show. Mm. And um, mm. we went and we bought these backstage gold bracelets, which would take us like a meet and greet. So I go and I'm chopping it up with Inspector Deck and chilling. And, you know, I said, yo, you guys mind if I spit a couple bars for you guys? And they're like, you know, yeah, go for it. So I started to do a little ODB tribute, you know, started spitting it right there and, you know, just going off like Wu-Tang Rob always does. And, uh, you know, I go, me and my wife, we get the signatures, you know, we walk out and their bodyguard taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, would you mind coming back in? So I look kind of confused, like me coming back in? What? You know, I look at my wife, I turn around, I say, baby, they're calling me to go back in. Like, what? I don't know what's going on here. So, you know, I turn around, I said, let's go back in. They stop my wife and say, no, no, you can't come in. And I say, well, you know what? I can't go in unless she comes in. We came together and I'm not going to leave her sitting out here alone. They're like, all right, all right, come in. So I go in and believe it or not, uh, Mob Deep was actually recording me on their phone, just doing my Wu-Tang, you know, I did a ODB piece. I did some, you know, 36 Chambers cuts and I was actually performing for Mob Deep and Inspector Deck. Wow. And, it, you know, <laughs> I was on a high. I, I mean, I got out of there and I was like, did that really happen? Like, wow, that was just an amazing night. That's mm. crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Did I uh, did Inspector Deck remember you? Um, well, not really. I'm more close with, uh, you know, Method Man, You God. Um, but he I had told him that I had been at every show. But uh, Killer Priest actually did recognize me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got him to sign my album. But Inspector Deck, I mean, I had only come across Inspector Deck a few times in the last 20 years. So he didn't really recognize me, but from that that point on he did, because uh, the next show that I went to, he actually pointed me out and waved. Mm. Oh, damn. Yep. So, so, yeah, I've got also, um, you know, Ghost knows me pretty well. Um, That's kind of how I picked up the name. Yeah. and we, I actually took my daughter. She's 24 right now. She was about 19 years old, and I told her, you know, that she grew around. She grew up around Wu Tang. So basically, you know, when I picked her up from the hospital, I was playing the Enter the 36 Chambers. 
Um, you know, she she loves the RZA, the Bobby Digital. Um, you know, every time a new Woo record would come out, she'd be like, Dad, Dad, can you get that for me? You know, and I would I'd buy her a copy. And, um, you know, my daughter grew up with the Wu-Tang, with my love for the Wu-Tang. Um, and it's just, it is Wu-Tang forever for me. I mean, I got the ghost face portrait on my back. Um, I got about seven Wu-Tang tattoos on my body. You know, and uh, I actually did um, enter into a contest for Wu-Tang's biggest fan um, and actually won that contest. So it was was more of a prop. Um, Well, it was just like props. They just posted it up saying, you know, that I was the number one Wu-Tang fan. Um, and I just, you know, kind of let them know my collection, a lot of experiences with the Wu-Tang and all my tattoos. Like, I know I have them on my Twitter. I got a, I got a killer bee on my back leg um, that my boy um, from L.A., small one, drew up for me. I, like I was saying, I got the Method Man portrait. Um, but the cool thing about that is I got that signed and tattooed by... Um, Clifford Smith, Method Man. So basically what happened is I went to the Method Man, Red Man show um, with my artist that actually did the portrait. And um, after the show, you know, I saw Method Man and I was showing him my tattoo. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, can you sign my shirt? And Method Man said, you know what, I'm going to sign the tattoo. So I said, all right. So underneath my Method Man portrait, I have a, a, a M logo. And underneath that, he just got a Sharpie and he signed it. So, you know, after the show, I was driving home with my tattoo artist and um, he goes, pull into the tattoo shop. I said, what's that? He said, pull in the tattoo shop. I got the keys. He's like, it's not every day that you get Method Man to sign your leg. So I'm going to ink that in there for you. I said, oh, wow. So 4.30 a.m. after the show, we pull into the tattoo shop. And he actually inked in Method Man's signature onto my leg. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Man. um, Now, now is your wife a big Wu-Tang fan, too? Um, Well, I've kind of made everyone around me a Wu-Tang fan. (laughs) I mean, I got a baby right now. He's 19 months. Mm -hmm. And I'm bringing him up in the Wu-Tang tradition, too. Like, you know, I told my wife, I said... When my daughter was born, I was playing the 36 Chambers. So, you know, I, I basically picked him up and the first music he heard was Wu-Tang. Also, while she was pregnant, we went to three shows. We went to the Wu-Tang show. We went to a Method Man, Red Man show. Um, and we went to a Ghostface show. So my son, while being brought up and being raised, you know, he was actually going to Wu-Tang shows even before he was born. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow, he's he's gonna be ready for it. <laughs> yeah. He, oh yeah. Man. But um. Oh, go ahead. I do talk to um, you know, you God's son. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he, he goes by the name Intel. Yeah, he's and, the project know, out, right? Yeah. Um, he sends me all the links and all the stuff to his show. Um, I, I also talk to um, you know. Um, I talked to Young DB. Um, I actually, after a show, it was a Raekwon, and it was for the Shaolin versus Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. And um, I took my daughter to that show. That was in LA. That was her second Wu Tang show. So after that show, I saw Young DB just walking on the street. So I said, "Yo, Young Dirty, Young Dirty," and I looked over. He looked over at me, and I said, "You want to do a little? Let's do some rhymes." You know, let's do some ODB to tribute to your dad. And we just walked down the streets of Hollywood Boulevard and just just went in the cipher and just started going. Mm. Damn. That's dope. So, like, um, how often do you get to, or, um, you know, in your area, how often do you get to go to these shows? Um, well, living in, living in Las Vegas and close to Los Angeles... You know, there's been a ton of Wu-Tang shows in between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every show, you know, I either get emailed or I'll see it come up. I mean, so I have not missed the Wu-Tang show that I was able to make it to. Um, what I really like is the $5 Jizza shows. Um, I've been to about three of those. 
Uh, Jizza likes to do these $5 shows between here and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I, I love those uh, Jizza $5 shows. Mm, that's dope. Mm. Yeah, man. So, like, when it comes to, like, the, the all the, 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 Wu-Tang, the Wu-Tang Clan concerts, um, how many times have you have you been able to see them all together at the same place? Um, all together, I'd say I've probably been able to see the whole clan together. Um, with ODB, I would say two times. Mm-hmm. Without ODB, I would say about seven times. Oh. I've gone to the festivals. Um, I mean, I've gone anywhere that Wu Tang is in the cut. I'm there. Oh, so uh, were you at the um, at the concert uh, the uh, for the uh, the Rock the Bells concert that 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 made it to DVD? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I definitely got that one. Yeah. And I was real disappointed on the DVD though because it just showed the backstage stuff. It didn't really show the the show. Mm. But yeah, I was at all the Rock the Bells. Mm. That's dope. Now, um, out of um, all of the Wu Tang music that you listen to, um, you know. Do you get like um, like any lessons or anything that you learn from the music? Oh yeah, um, I basically I always say what the what the RZA says. I said you don't need a college education. All you need to do is listen to this Wu Tang Forever double CD. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I mean, I, I, I've just I don't know. Like I said, Wu Tang has changed my life. It's made me who I am and what I am today. Um, you know, I think that the RZA is probably one of the most intelligent human beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that he thinks. I like his business mind. And, you know, I go back and I listen to some of the Wu, um, you know, back in the day in the early 90s when he's saying that Wu Tang's going to be forever and, you know, he's going to take it to the next level. And, you know, all these A&Rs and all this stuff, and they're going to go up and they're going to keep going. And Wu-Tang is forever. And 22 years later, everything is exactly the way that RZA presented it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know another group, another hip-hop group that's still together, that's still putting out new wax. Like, I mean, Ghostface just does some mad work. Like, I mean, he's gotten about nine or ten albums. You know, he just, what I really like out of the new stuff is uh the 12 reasons to die um that that's amazing i mean him and raekwon just it everything is new but it just sounds that old school feel that just that crazy old school feel like i mean the the beats the rhymes the grittiness uh, i mean just i don't know it's just it just takes me there it just takes me to where i want to be yeah yeah, I totally get what you're saying, man. Um, and and going back to the RZA, um, did you ever get a chance to check out uh, the top, the Dial of the Wu or um, uh, the Wu Tang Manual? Oh yeah, I got both of those in my Wu Tang collection. All right. And do you have uh, any other um, any other books in your collection as well? Um, I have three actually. I have both of the RZA books, and I have one, um, an ODB digital book that I bought um, through iTunes. Mm. That talks about the old dirty story. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the, the one, one that is, uh, I believe, his cousin. I can't think of his yeah. name right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, he actually, that's a funny story that you would bring that up because um, I was actually um, in LA at the Ghostface show in the restroom of all places, and I see uh, ODB's cousin, and he's selling these CDs. Uh, these DVDs and with a CD and basically that was like the story of ODB and um, I remember I gave him five bucks for it and that's in my collection too oh I'm a Buddha monk right uh, yeah I believe so yeah that's crazy um, now do you think that um, do you think that maybe one day you'll have enough footage and things to like put together some type of project or documentary, uh, a documentary on your own? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's been my dream to put together something. Actually, um, a couple of days ago on Twitter, I had um, Capadonna's manager hit me up, and um, he just said, "Where do you live?" And I was like, "Wow, 
I told my wife, I said, look, I got Capadonna's manager hit me up. Oh, Capadonna's, that's Jimmy King, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And he's hitting me up, asking me where I live. So I'm just like, oh man, what is this? Like, I got Kappa and Junior Reed's manager trying to hit me up? I'm like, wow, you know? I mean, with social media nowadays, it's just crazy the way you can just talk to people. You know? Yeah, and like you were doing it even before then. I think, I think you'd be great like doing promotions and things like that because you have everything down. Yeah, I mean, you know, I even got to sit with the RZA. I got pictures mm-hmm. of me and the RZA. Um, you know, the Iron Fist when the Iron Fist first came out, um, RZA put on a private show mm-hmm. out in Las Vegas with only a hundred people, and. Um, he basically did a lot of the Bobby Digital and mm-hmm. Wu-Tang cuts. And mm-hmm. then I went to the after party and got to hang out with the Rizzo. Wow. So, I mean, and he recognized me too because when I went up to the foundation room, uh, Rizzo was pretty much out. I mean, he had been drinking and he was falling, fumbling. And I said, yo, I said, yo, Abbott. I said, yo, Prince Rakim. And he looked back and he waved to me. And with that look, we we like met eyes and he pretty much said, you know, what's up, Wu-Tang Rob? So, I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, I would say, you know, he recognized me. Uh, Master Killer remembered me. Uh, Big Kappas remembered me. Um, you know, you God. And I talked to his son, um, Young DB. So, I mean not just you know and a lot of people that i tell these stories to are just like wow weren't you overwhelmed or weren't you intimidated or weren't you nervous to be rapping with such legends and i said you know it's just i mean wu-tang is me wu-tang is in my soul so it's like i'm just doing what i love and it's not like i'm out on stage or it's not like i do it for a living so it's like you know i'm just being me so you know i don't get intimidated i don't get nervous i don't you know i it you know they're just people but they're special people you know yeah so how um how, how was it sitting sitting down like kind of talking to rizzo oh man that was amazing he started talking about some of his projects um you know i kind of talked to him a little bit he said he was going to be doing a lot with quentin tarantino um and also he was telling me that he was going to be doing a project um with boombotics for uh, a a bluetooth speaker that's going to have um a better tomorrow songs embedded into it and i don't know um if a lot of people know but better tomorrow should have been out about you know maybe a year or so before it came out but they had a lot of controversy between the rizza and raekwon and it was money issues. Basically, um, Raekwon was saying, you know, that, that he has to know how much money he's got, and he has to, you know, talk about, you know, he's got a family, and he wants to know about his project and how much money he's got, and this and that. So on that boombox, they actually have a version of one of the songs without Raekwon. So once they release the album, what RZA did was recorded Raekwon separately and then just dubbed it into the record and then recorded the second half with Raekwon. That's why he doesn't appear on many tracks on A Better Tomorrow. Hmm. But like if you get that speaker, you can get the original before Raekwon did his verse? Yep. Wow. I mean, it's crazy. Like when it came out actually on record, I told my wife, I said, this is a completely different version that's on the boombox. So, you know, after listening to it, I realized that right before the Jizz of Genius comes on, they got a little piece and they put Raekwon into it on the album. So that's the only place I've ever heard that version. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when, you were, when you were talking to RZA, did you ever um, think to ask him about uh, the uh, Bobby Digital movie? Um, no, I didn't. But you know what? I've been waiting for that Bobby Digital movie since like 1997. So, I mean, I thought about that, but I think, you know, I don't know if that project went down or I don't know if it failed, but that's a good question because I've wondered that since 97. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, apparently Ralph McDaniel, um, 
you know, like the video music box guy from back in the day. He he says that he has it. But yeah, like um, he, I think he was on a it was a Juan Epstein episode, right? Yeah, Juan Epstein, and um, yeah, and he said that he has it, he had it all along. But I guess RZA just doesn't want to put it out for whatever reason. Oh wow, that's good to know. I've been wondering about that for a very long time. Yeah, I can only imagine how how it is. I mean, I don't even know what it would be like. Kung Fu battles or, I don't know, <laughs> I mean, what would be that Bobby Digital movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's quite a character. Um, but, um, man, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, what you do... Um, is important you know not only just the Wu-Tang but the hip-hop culture um, in general um, you know just creating this repository of so much history and then you know propagating it through social media and you know kind of keeping everything alive not only you know through your collection but just on your body man so definitely kudos to you um, thank you and you know um, in, in total if you had to estimate how much you think your collection is worth Oh, man, I would say, you know, to me or to everyone else? To everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To everyone else, I'd probably say, you know, 10, 15 grand, maybe. Wow. I mean, I got such rare vinyl and such rare cassettes, and half of my cassettes are brand new. Wow. Like, I I got very rare cassettes, like the first you got, I got that one sealed. Um, I got... 36 Chambers sealed. I got um, I got Wu-Tang Forever sealed. I got the W sealed. Mm. Um, I got 50% of my collection is all brand new cassettes. So it's like, just, I mean, I don't know if I could even, yeah, so I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even put on a dollar amount for that. Word. It's just priceless to me. Word. I mean, I... Thank God, um... Uh, Sengo, tell them uh, what happened to the purple tape in our grandmother's basement. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so to make a long story short, my, my brother, he had a, a whole bunch of, he had a whole bunch of, like, cassettes down in the basement, but he just left them there for years, and so one was, he had, he had Protect Your Neck. He only had the cover for, like, the original Protect Your Neck, but then he also had the purple tape, and uh, my, my, my mother was cleaning it out one day, um, and she threw it all out. So, including the purple tape. So, um, yeah, very, very sad story. <laughs> oh yeah, I actually have four versions of the purple tape. Wow. I got the original purple tape. I got about four years ago. They released it, um, and that they released uh, it was in a little cover, and that was only about a thousand copies made. I got the box set, which is in a really nice watch case. Um, and then I have um, the purple tape that came with two purple vinyl records. So I got four versions of that purple tape, including the original. That's Whoa. crazy. Yeah, I tried to get that that reissue four years ago. Um, I think that was through GetOnDown.com, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. As they, soon as I clicked on it, it was already sold out. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually pre-order a lot of my stuff okay. through Get On Down. Yeah. So, and if I happen to miss something, mm-hmm. I always buy it after the fact. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, did you, um, so like, it just, well, you know, with uh, talking to, to uh, the clan over the years, did you ever, um, did they ever allude to uh, the whole Once Once Upon a Time in Shaolin project? Oh, yeah, they actually told me about that. Um, and... You know, I really, I, I was actually following all the battles between, um, you know, uh, Ghostface Killer and, um, you know, Marty, the guy that actually bought the Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Mm-hmm. And um, he was actually threatening that he was going to break the record. Um, and a funny thing, too, is I told my wife, you know, how it comes in that beautiful, like, silver box. Yeah. Uh, well, I was telling my wife, I said, honey, when I'm, when I die and I move on, I want to be cremated and I want to be buried into this box. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. But um, I have heard uh, a couple clips and a couple tracks for the one, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Um, but, I mean, if I had enough money, I would have been the one that purchased that. <laughs> 
I, so, I, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that you get your hands on it somehow, someday. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I know it's 88 years, so what I got to do is basically I got to have my seed, my son. I got to have him listen to that and buy that album. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so how were some of the tracks that you heard? Um, I mean, I heard a couple of the tracks. They were pretty live. I heard some Ghostface. Um, I heard one with Inspector Deck and You God. Um, but I'm really not leaked on the internet anywhere. Or I mean, you know, but it was just some real raw, real just gritty rhymes like Wu Tang always puts out. Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. I well see um, I, I always envisioned that since Silver Rings had had a lot to do with Once Upon a Time in Shaolin that it will probably sound like his his album. Yeah, I mean it does sound very similar, mm. very similar. But that you also reminded me too that I do have a whole collection of Wu Tang comics. Um, I have the Ring of Wu Tang and I have every comic. I mean I got so much Wu Tang collectibles I even forget what I got. <laughs> I got promotional <laughs> stickers. Um, what I do have that's actually really, really rare too is I have a business card from Ghostface when he was actually opening up a gambling website. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a business card and Ghostface actually gave it to me and I did get some stuff from uh, Sean Wiggs, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. which is um, his cousin. And um, you know, on eBay he sells collectibles and toys. and. And um, he sent me a bunch of OG Wu-Tang stuff, like um, some old stickers, promotional flyers. Um, and, you know, I, I have that business card. It's real funny. It says, uh, you know, Ghostface Killer Gambling Site. And you see him gambling some dice. <laughs> and I, I guess it never made it because gambling is not legal online at that time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> I never knew Sean Wiggs was uh, is Ghostface's cousin. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I really didn't know for a while, but when I got hooked up with Sean Wiggs, um, he actually mailed me some stuff, and um, you know, it was saying uh, Brooklyn, New York, and all that. And I said, you know, is there a way that you can get me, uh, you know, Ghostface autograph? And he said, well, you know, that's my cousin, right? And I said, oh wow, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, you know, I can get, I can get you his autograph, you know, I can do that for you. So let alone, you know, a couple weeks in my mail, I get a CD uh, signed by Ghostface Killer and Sean Wiggs. Mm. So, I mean, I got so much Wu-Tang history, it's just crazy. What, so, um, was it the uh, Theodore album by any chance, the, the Theodore Unit album that, uh, that Ghostface and Sean Wiggs signed? Oh, yeah, that was it. All right. The one I got on CD. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty good album. Yeah, I have that on CD too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got I, I got so many CDs. Every one that's been released, and there's a lot of them that um you know I got one with the whole Jizza performance on it, and then it has uh, Method Man and Street Life. I don't know if you've heard that joint, but that one is uh I mean that's crazy. That one is just crazy. Um, it's just live performances i got all the live concerts on cd mm-hmm. um it's just i got a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but i believe that was called the 718 right for that cd yeah, yeah 718 yeah yep that's the yeah. one that he actually got signed um and i have i don't know if you guys have ever seen it but i have the jizz is a genius um came out with a little cd and double lp which was actually a chess set so I was at a one of those $5 Jizza shows I was talking to you about, mm-hmm. and um, I opened up my CD um, when I was talking to Jizza after the show, and I gave him a chess piece, and he put that chess piece down, um, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take this chess piece, and I'm going to rock this at every one of my shows, and he signed uh, the inside of that cover for me. Wow. Damn. And me and the Jizza chopped it up from about... 2 a.m. till about 4:30 a.m. Man, how was it? How was how it talking to Jizza? Oh man, it was just amazing. I talked to him about, you know, um, the birth of Wu Tang when it was just uh, RZA, ODB, and the Jizza, and they were called um, 
all in together now. So basically, he started talking to me about the birth of Wu-Tang. Like, you know, it, we weren't even going to be Wu-Tang. We were going to be all in together now. And it was going to be um, the RZA, the Jizza, and Old Dirty Bizza. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know. You know, it's just he was talking to me about the history and respected what a fan I was. And, um, you know, just talked to me about it, signed my shirt, signed my CDs, and kind of talked to me about the history of Wu-Tang and how it all became together, you know, where you had different crews from New York that came together to make the Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, You're getting the story, like, direct, straight from the source, man. Not everybody gets to have those experiences. Um, that's just crazy. Do you still um, do any DJing or anything like that? Um, no, not anymore. Mm. Um, I just basically connect, collect vinyl now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do have all my old vinyl that I used to, you know, do my DJing with. Mm-hmm. But now I just basically use my, um, you know, my MacBook and I do a little mixing here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made a couple of Wu-Tang mixtapes um, for fun, but I don't really DJ anymore. Okay. Can we get these Wu-Tang, uh, are they like up online, the Wu-Tang mixtape somewhere? Um, no, I actually got them on cassette, and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, preserve them or maybe put them up online or something. But I, I don't really know how to, you know, take the media from a cassette tape and put it online or, or convert it into an MP3. Oh man, we can uh, probably, you know, talk offline about you know different ways to do that. Because um, man, you gotta get, get, you know, get it cracking online. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Everything that you have is uh, is way too important. <laughs> I know, I got so much historic, like just talking to the members, you know, um, in the cypher with the members. Um, it's just, I mean, I, it's blown my mind a couple of times. It's like, you know, when it's all said and done, I sit back and I think about it. Like, wow, did I just sit with the Jizza for two and a half hours and talk about how the Wu-Tang started? You know, it's like, I mean, being a fan with Wu-Tang is like being family because they, they're they really different than any other hip-hop uh, groups. Because back in the day, I used to go see P.E., Public Enemy, um, N.W.A. I was at that famous show where there was a shooting. Um, that was down in Long Beach in the early 90s, um, where colors came out and all that controversy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually at the show where the shooting took place. So, I mean... What I like about the Wu-Tang is they're, to me, they're not about violence. They're not about, you know, like who's got the more money, who's got, you know, the guns, who's got the violence. They're more about real life. They rap about real stuff. And that's, you know, why I just dedicated myself and my life to Wu-Tang. So, so I I, got to ask you this question before I forget. Um, how frequently do you play the Wu-Tang game? Oh, the one for uh, the Game Boy? Uh, uh, PlayStation. Oh, the PlayStation. Oh, man, I haven't played that in about 10 years, but I got that in my collection. You know they released the game for the Game Boy also? I did not know that. No, I didn't know that, no. It was a little fighting game, um, and everyone was called their aliases. Like... Um, you know, if you chose Inspector Deck as your character, you, it, it would be Rolly Fingers. Um, if you got You God, it would be Golden Arms. Um, if you chose Jizza as your fighter, it would be the Genius. Um, if you chose Rizza, it would be the Abbot. So yeah, I mean, I have that Game Boy game actually. Wow, <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about that. What, what year did it come out? Um, that game, I'd probably say, came out maybe in the early 80s I picked it up when it was new actually my daughter had a Game Boy and um, I ended up just you know I was taking her and we were looking at some games and then I saw a Wu-Tang game and I said what is this no question asked I bought it and I started playing her Game Boy more than she did (laughs) (laughs) wow that's crazy man I remember um, I was in LA um, for a little bit, and I went to Amoeba Records, and I was trying to see if I can get like some interesting, uh, like interesting tapes or whatever. But I ended up just getting like in um, 
um, in, in some like Egyptian lover cassettes. But the uh, I went up to like the counter and the guy was asked because he just assumed that I was like looking at for hip hop. And he said that um, someone actually went in there and, like sold the purple tape to him for like five dollars or something like that. And so the guy hurried up and like just took it off the shelf and like and like just hid it somewhere so no one could see it for like the rest of the day. And then he just bought it for like a fucking bargain. And that was the day before I went in there. Oh, that hurts. The purple tape is just a legend. I love, I mean, I don't, I mean, to me, the Wu-Tang is just timeless. Like, I mean, I've been to Amoeba too. Um, That's actually where I bought some of my collection. And, uh, you know, it's just, I've hit every small mom and pop down to the big Virgin Records down to, I mean, um, there was a place in LA where I lived called Temple Records. And that's where I picked up a lot of my uh, RZA, um, a lot of my Bobby Digital, the RZA is Bobby Digital. I'm actually looking in my Wu-Tang closet right now. Mm. Just trying to remember back in the days, I got a lot of old vinyl. I got about four versions of the uh, only built for Cuban links. Um, but what I, have you guys checked out Discogs? Yeah, from time to time, yeah. Um, well, they have a really cool feature. They just released an app. Mm. And what that app does is it lets you get on a want list and also lets you um, bring in your whole collection. So what I've been doing for the last month is just inventorying my collection on Discogs. Oh. And it actually has the version um, down to the barcode, down to the description, down to how many were made. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, so, so do you have like a profile on there? Um, well, I just made Wu-Tang Rob and I just put it on there. Okay. But um, I don't know if you can actually go in and see other people's collection. Um, but I have such a large collection that before I purchase anything, I always kind of look, you know, I'll click the tab, my collection, make sure I don't have it and then purchase it. Like right. what I recently just purchased from Germany was... Uh, a copy of uh, the eight diagrams, uh, German version. Mm. What's the difference Which, between the German and the American? Um, you know what? I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, I just purchased it like two days ago. That okay. had been the only Wu Tang album that I did not have on vinyl. Mm. Mm. So I met someone um, through that uh, app and website, and they were actually in. Uh, in Germany, and they said that they had one, and they sell it to me for twenty-eight bucks. So <laughs> I went into PayPal and made that purchase. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-brainer right there, especially for that price. Yeah, I know a lot of people just didn't really like the eight diagrams. I mean, because they were saying the Wu Tang got soft, and the Wu Tang, you know, like the campfire track where you know there's a lot of singing and a lot of R&B. Um, I had a lot of negative feedback and people um, sending me messages and stuff like that about the eight diagrams back in 2008 when it dropped mm. um, saying that, you know, the Wu-Tang went soft and this and that. But I mean, I like every Wu-Tang project, um, you know, for the last 22 years. I even like the new uh, Banks and Steel. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check that one out, but um, that's definitely on my list um, probably this weekend to get into, um, especially since you just co-signed it. <laughs> yeah, um, there's actually a couple good tracks. There's a track on there with Method Man and uh, Master Killer, mm. and there's another yeah, I think track. That's the best song one yeah, definitely. But it's it's kind of a whole twist for the RZA, the way that he comes off on that album. Mm. I would say he comes off a bit more aggressive compared to like, well, at least to uh, to um, Digi Snacks. He was a much, he was like a bit more introspective on Digi Snacks, but I feel like that that album got kind of it was like it went kind of unnoticed and got some hate too. But it was in you know, I, all RZA, all RZA albums are interesting in some kind of weird way. Yeah, they are. Like Digital Bullet is like probably I would say one of my favorite RZA solo projects. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was the first um, CD that um that I ever bought was Digital Bullet when I was like uh, eleven. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh man, good. Job. 
And so, um, uh, um, are there any, is there any like different like promo versions of Digital Bullet? Um, not that I've come across, really. Um, I mean, I've seen a couple different versions, like a Russian version, a Japanese version, but I mean, they all have the same tracks and stuff on them. So mm. that mm. one kind of fell under the radar too. I mean, I don't know. It really, I mean, just like you said, Digi Snacks. It's like, I mean, basically when you talk about the RZA, people only know the uh, Bobby Digital album. They didn't really kind of, you know, like the Digital Bullet or the Digi Snacks. I, they, it just kind of, like you said, kind of just like dropped off the radar. Like the Master Killer. I mean, like, you know, some of his like Made in Brooklyn. Like a lot of people don't know about that album. And um, yeah. I got I got one from Capadonna um, called The Struggle. And a, a lot of people don't know about that one either. I mean, that's for the, uh, yeah. that's for the real fans out there. Um, Man. That's, a, that's, a, that's definitely um, a deep history. What was the other... Um, oh, man, I'm trying to think. The, the uh, RZA album with, with uh, Grits on it. Oh, Birth of a Prince. Birth of a Prince, yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. That's the one where his eyes have the woot can go yeah 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 that, that was a good album man I, I like all the rizza stuff yeah but i mean he's only had about four solo projects right yeah, i mean he's a he's a busy man yeah he is because then there's the uh, afro samurai projects and um you know all the movie productions and the soundtracks and everything yeah i mean i've seen him on a lot of tv shows um he was on csi yeah. Um, you know, he did the uh, Man with the Iron Fist. Um, just a lot of crazy stuff. He's been, you know, when I did talk to him, though, I asked him about, you know, his music, and he said that, you know, his dream was to be a producer to be in TV and movies, but he wasn't going to let his fans down. So he was always going to be making new music and new tracks and stuff like that. Mm. that that's good to know. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, so do you think that we'll get a... Well, I, I know he's still working on um, The Cure, but do you think we'll get that anytime soon? Oh, I hope so. Um, you know what I've really been looking forward to is the... is a dark matter. Um, I know he was working with a composer um, on the... is a dark matter, and I've actually hit up Jizza on Twitter, and he's got back to me a couple times saying that he's in production on that one. Also, um, I hit up you got and he said he's making some new album it's going to be called fire so we'll see if that one drops because everyone's known the keynote speaker yeah sorry about that i'm using my phone and i guess it just keeps cutting me out oh no problem <laughs> um but yeah um also um are you into the czar face projects at all oh absolutely um funny you would say that too because i was going to bring that up um you know l7 mm-hmm. i got a comic book um, signed the Zarface comic book signed by DJ L7 that says to Wu-Tang Rob from DJ L7 wow so I'm definitely into the Zarface I got both of them every villain needs a hero um, I got that one on 180 grain vinyl um, colored vinyl I like I, I really like all the colored vinyl myself oh. but yeah the Zarface project is really good um the L7 I mean have you guys ever seen that video it's like a mobster video um, I don't think I had a chance to check uh-huh. that out oh uh, you gotta check that out when you can search it on uh, I think I posted it on my Twitter but um, basically what they do is they got these gangsters and they get L7 and they beat them up and then at the end of it you see Inspector Deck come in there um, and I believe it's either a chainsaw or something, and he gets the guy back and just basically chainsaws him. It's a really cool video. <laughs> it's it, it's amazing that they can you know be so creative in different things, um, you know, and keep you know keep it going after 22 years. <laughs> oh, I know. And you know what I love too is the way that they can just basically re-release a classic mm-hmm. and just make it desirable for the Wu Tang fan, yeah. like. I mean, I got four versions of Liquid Swords. I got, you know, so many multiple versions of the same album. It's like, you know, my wife was telling me, like, how many copies of Liquid Swords do you have to have? Well, I got to have all of them. 
that's the realest response. <laughs> that's why uh, he said Wu Tang is forever. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Um, well, man, we we definitely thank you for um, for taking the time to tell us about everything, man. We love the stories and hearing about your collection and. Um, um, you know, we definitely appreciate you, you know, maintaining and keeping up the history. Um, now, where can people reach out to you and find out more about you? Um, they can just hit me up at Wu-Tang underscore Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my handle at Twitter. Okay. Um, and, you know, I just basically, I have a lot of people that talk to me and stuff like that. So Wu-Tang underscore Rob um, on Twitter basically is my best place. That's where I share all my Wu-Tang knowledge and information. Dope, dope, man. Well, once again, man, thank you so much. Um, this has been another edition of the Wu-Tang Podcast featuring the one and only number one Wu-Tang fan on the planet, Wu-Tang so- Rob. And um, we definitely appreciate it, man. And we out. Peace. Oh, peace. Thanks for having peace. me on, guys.